0: And again, that's my 13-year-old self talking. Exactly. Rational adults don't think that way, question mark. Wow. No.
1: Are you okay?
0: Oh, Lauren's (laughs) here. Okay, I have my headphones in now. I was like, are you okay? How long have you been there?
2: <laughs> just a minute. I just heard you come in, crash, and go,
0: ow! <laughs> <laughs> the door had swung open on its own, and I had very little time before Owen was going to try to sneak back in. Ah, uh, I gotcha. <laughs> yeah. And um, anyway, I'm not flustered at all. No. Um, hello, friends. Hello, friends. We're just going to get right into it, aren't we? Welcome. That's what we do. To Pickles... <laughs> Welcome to pickles. Wait, what I'll if I, I said welcome to pickles? And then you said and wait, and let's try vodka. to do it. T- <laughs> <laughs> All right, hold on. We need to focus. Let's try to do okay. it like interns. Hello. Hello. Friends. Oh, sorry. <laughs> try again. Try again. Hello. Friends. And welcome. To pickles. And vodka.
2: Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: I don't usually do this opening. I don't know it as well. I've never done this before in my life. And yet here we are. You're welcome. Yep. Yeah. I think this is good. This is good. Um it's going to be kind of a heavier episode today. So I'm glad that we're starting it off on a lighter note. Yeah, having a little fun up top. A little fun off top on the god as a treat. Yeah. Well, so hi. Hi. It's a beautiful day. I don't know about you. It
2: is. It is here, too. It's, it's been pretty warm, and today the wind died down, so it's just nice.
0: Yeah. It's like in the 60s, which is really weird. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know why we're talking about the weather. Oh, my God. We forgot to introduce ourselves. I'm Christina. And we didn't forget for long. I'm Lauren. <laughs> and we're the co-hosts of this adventure in vulnerability. Ooh. How about that? Does that sound professional? I like it. Yeah, we uh, we get real, we get personal, and we laugh through the pain with you. You're doing good at this today. <laughs> really? I feel I like so. I'm just bullshitting. Well, that's what we do every time. but Don't tell them that. But I'm I'm liking what's coming out. Oh, sorry, we're professionals. <laughs> I'm liking what's coming out. Jesus. Hold on, I need another sip. My mouth's getting dry. Um, okay. Tell them tell them stuff that they should do to support us. Listen. Tell a friend. Tell a friend. Yo, listen. I know y'all have been telling your friends. We can see. We see behind the scenes. We see everything. <laughs> yes. And also not enough. Um, I don't know what that's supposed to mean. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, um, thank you for listening. If you like our podcast, and if you get anything out of this, you should rate us and review us. On your podcast provider of choice. We always forget yeah. to say that and I'm hating every second of this.
2: I know, but reviews really help, and ratings also help and so does telling friends because then more people listen to us. So
0: <laughs> Exactly. And we love getting new listeners. We love um, new perspectives. Yeah. I don't know.
2: Yeah, that's that's like one of the things that drives the show is what we hear from you guys. So the more it you feels guys we like... have
0: <laughs> Sorry, I cut you off. That's all right. I was done. Were you? Were you about to talk about exponential growth?
2: <laughs> no, you don't understand it. <laughs> I'm kidding.
0: I was going to say that it's like making new friends when we meet new people through the podcast. Even if it's just a comment on our Instagram, it it mm-hmm. does feel like getting outside of our bubble for a second and like engaging with the world in whatever small parasocial capacity. Yeah. Well, we get our dopamine where we can find it. Or is that serotonin? Um, What's the happy one? I think it's serotonin. We're very smart. Yeah. So last week, we did our five-year anniversary episode. Again, I thought it was going to suck. And I think it, it touched me a lot when I was like listening back to it. I was really proud of us. Oh, good. Yeah, I think it went really well. Um, I was pretty happy with it. As usual, I'm telling Christina, no, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> this is a pattern. There's yeah. been a few episodes lately where I was just sweating through it the whole time because I thought it was going to be terrible. And while I was editing it, I thought it was going to be terrible. And Lauren was like, no, seriously, it's fine. And then somehow it ends up being fine. Yeah, like it comes out and that's when she's finally like, oh, yeah, it's actually good. Oh. <laughs> I just wanted to tell you all that because I think it's kind of funny and also maybe relatable.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's kind of not surprising that we, we go through that with our episodes.
0: Yeah. Okay, so today we're going to play a listener voicemail. Yes. A lot of you have reached out about our rock bottom episode. Uh, we shared one of the responses last week. And this week, one of our listeners sent us um a, like a five minute voicemail about that topic. And it really hit both of us hard and we knew that we wanted to do an entire episode just touching on those points we don't normally do this all the time but right when we both listened to it we were like we have to do this as a whole episode (laughs) um so that's the teaser for today's topic yeah a lot of heaviness a lot of realness which is appropriate i think yeah um, but all that to say, I think like since the voicemail was inspired by your topic, which was rock bottom, then yep. I I volunteer to go first. before oh, you have okay, to speak. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was winding up somewhere. I I get your thinking. Yeah. Um, you need to ask me though. I'm waiting for you to ask me. Oh, <laughs> we have to stick S- to the script. So, Christina. Yes. Where are you at? Oh well, let me tell you. <laughs> um, I've been feeling very isolated this week. Again, it's one of those weeks where the emotions have been very intense and all-consuming, and when I get through them, I feel numb, and I'm unable to really recollect. If I don't write it down or like do a video journal or something, I don't always remember. Yeah, I know what you mean. (laughs) Yeah, I i just had a lot of brain fog. But something interesting. I've been reading... We talked about this book before, The Adult Children of Emotionally Immature Parents. Yes. I had a therapist that had me reading that. Yeah. So, something interesting that I discovered this week is that I also exhibit traits of an emotionally immature person. Mm. Like, for instance, um, taking things personally, kind of getting stuck in my head and thinking the whole world revolves around me. Mm-hmm. It's like not that I do that intentionally, but. I recognize a lot of that in me. Well, no, and I i don't remember, I didn't
2: get through it all. I don't remember if they really touched on that in the book. But as you were saying that, I'm like, well, of course, it makes sense. Because that's just, that's an in general thing. Kids, you know, their parents are, are the only role models they have for a while. So if that's what you saw growing up, of course.
0: Well, and I know that, From what I've heard about my mom's parents, they were pretty rough to grow up with as well. Yeah, I think I remember Um, you saying some stuff about that before. Yeah, I think she talked about it briefly on like episode nine or something. Yeah,
2: I was gonna say I think I listened to the one of the episodes she was on and heard the story too.
0: Yeah, but but all that to say it is a cycle. And like, I'm just now realizing that I have a lot to work on in that department. So all this to say, she's looking for a new therapist. No, <laughs> no, I really <laughs> she should am. be. I yeah. am. No, I Good. I found three candidates in my area. Not super Good. excited about any of them. Mm-hmm. I really, I I know that I need to be looking for a therapist, but I really don't want to. Um, preaching to the choir here. <laughs> yeah. I know, but we need to say it anyway because I'm sure there's people who or in our same boat, or my same boat, I should say, um, you're still with your therapist, right?
2: I am as of today, but my goal before the next appointment is to say I'm done. Really? Yeah.
0: And oh, my actually God. Oh,
2: were, were we done with you before I go into all this? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> let's, 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 let's keep going with you first, yeah.
0: I guess... Uh, I don't know. I'm not doing the best we'll talk about this later the the voicemail will unlock a lot of stuff some of the stuff that's going on yes I feel (laughs) like I don't need I don't want to spend a lot of time here now because I feel like it'll come out naturally later that's fair I do feel good this morning because I had more than five hours of sleep last night and I ate a good breakfast oh okay so I feel pretty good (laughs) (laughs) who knew that that would do it I know it's like people have been telling me that for
2: years. Uh, Lauren, where are you at? Um, well, I guess, yeah, let's just jump into, I am also looking for a new therapist. High five. And it was funny. Yeah. <laughs> Virtual high five. I actually did <laughs> it.
0: I'm so pathetic.
2: It was funny when you said that, because the first thing I thought was like, oh, yeah, I've got three options too. My, uh, <laughs> it's,
0: it's the It's like the point where words fail me. <laughs> it's different when you're in the spotlight, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> but, um, so you're looking for a new. Th- well, she knows that you're you're ending your sessions, no. right? No, no. That's why I said that's that's what I gotta
2: like kick myself in the butt and get myself to do. And I'm I'm not too concerned about that part. Like I would be more so if I didn't also have what I feel like is because even though any any therapist who is decent will tell you, you know, like if it's not working, then. Go ahead and end it. I won't be offended. That's you know what you're supposed to do. But I'm still gonna
0: feel like oh, I don't want to make her feel bad. Well, so- and maybe that is a sign that you're not done with therapy. Like you're done with therapy with her, perhaps. But mm-hmm. I mean, we both need to be in therapy. It's obvious.
2: Yeah, I've just been back and forth on whether I think she's a good fit or not. But I think what's really driving at home is because of schedule changes for both of us. The only options that I've had recently is her office is at most 10 minute drive from my work. And I have been sneaking out on my lunch break on Mondays or Wednesdays, depending when she can get me in and going at noon and technically I end up extending my lunch break by 10 minutes that way and I hope that nobody notices and oh, it's always God. super stressful because you know it's like I got to be like out there like now I don't have an extra
0: second and That's no state to be in therapy though when you're worried about yeah. being late at work I wouldn't be able to concentrate
2: Yeah and since it doesn't seem like were able to schedule a different time um, without me having to do something like actually take extra time off work, which I'm not willing to do. I just the scheduling's just not going to work. Here's so, what uh,
0: I think: <laughs> I think that whoever needs to hear this, it is okay to switch therapists. Because of scheduling. Yes. If you haven't heard, I just did that very thing a few weeks ago. Um, I mean, there were other reasons, but the biggest reason was she just kept having to switch around the schedule and it was very stressful for me and I started dreading it. And that's no state to do therapy in. And she's a great person. We mm-hmm. had some really good moments, but that is a totally valid reason to quit therapy. I just felt like I needed to say that. And
2: No, that's, that's good because there was, you know, like a past one for me as well that I actually felt like I, when I'd have appointments, I felt like I was getting a lot of good work done, but she was one that was canceling half her appointments and sometimes she would cancel them, you know, something like. Two hours before the session, and
0: oh god, yeah, mine did two once.
2: Yeah, and so that's getting the same way. It's kind of like when you've built it up because you know, like, man, I really need this therapy session today, and I'm actually like ready to talk about all this stuff. And then you start like getting anxiety, like three mm-hmm. hours before, like, is she going to cancel? Oh no, yes. I can't. I'm ra- ready for that. I'm ready to go. Yeah.
0: Oh, I feel your pain. Yes. Yeah,
2: so, so yeah, I agree. If if something with you know scheduling is causing more stress than the therapy is helping, then yes, yeah. that's a reason, even if it is a good therapist. My dietitian who I've been with for a while has been very helpful in a lot of ways. I talked to her about switching therapists and she actually said, um, based on the work that we're doing, she's like, I really think that you need somebody who does somatic experience because especially like body image has been the huge sticking issue recently. What exactly is that? I don't totally know. Um I told her, you know, like I'd had therapists in the past. I know that did it, but they were ones where it's like I saw you for a couple months and we started to get into it and then you disappeared. <laughs> so I was like, I have experience with this, but not the best because it would just like abruptly get cut off when I'm doing work. And...
0: Oh, yeah. Was that the same stuff you were doing in the car that one time with the swaying and like the... That, that might have had to do
2: with it or something similar. It's one of those things where it's just kind of like recognizing like emotions and how they show up in your body and things like that.
0: Therapy MN.com says somatic experiencing is a body centered approach to treating PTSD that, rather than focusing only on thoughts or emotions associated with the traumatic event, expands to include the natural bodily, aka somatic, responses. Yeah,
2: like I I feel like it it has kind of like a, a loose relation, or at least it's in the same general family as things like EMDR and stuff like that.
0: I've also wanted to try that. Yeah. Therapy just sounds like such a luxury item right now.
2: (laughs) I know. Well, that was something else I said, because for whatever reason, at work, our health policy renews in February instead of January. So I have an extra like month and a half. And that's what I was saying is I was like, if I can get in with a new therapist before a month and a half, you know, I've paid all my out of pocket for the year and everything. So it could be free (laughs) to try them out. Yeah. So I'm kind of like, want to get this going.
0: Definitely get it going. We know that it's easy to lose momentum. Uh-huh. <laughs> How do you feel about transitioning into the voicemail now? Totally ready. Do you want to give a brief summary of who this listener is? Um.
2: Yeah, though I think some of that will come up in the conversation too, she mentions well, yeah. it. But this is my friend Heather. She has left voice messages before, but not for a while. And she is one that I knew through the eating disorder focused board that I was on for a while that was like my 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 band-aid to help with the fact that live journal was, was failing. But um it's wait, also wait. The-
0: say that again your band-aid to help now that live journal was failing. When when live journal was failing. Like oh. when, when I was
2: losing live, live journal, then this is what I turned to and this is the one that when it like started like falling apart, that's how I ended up on Peach <laughs> to find Got another. it.
0: I just wanted to hear you say it again. I liked it. It's my in-between support system. (laughs) In-between support system. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Maybe that'll be the title of the episode. Nice. (laughs) Um, Sorry, I'm derailing the conversation. Did you have anything else to say about Heather? You met her on the message board. Um, Yeah, just that
2: I met her on the message board.
0: And she was one that I was particularly close to, I think, because we were
2: around the same age. We both got black cats around the same time. That's back when I had a well-behaved black cat. Not Meatball. Not Meatball. (laughs) And we met in person once.
0: Yeah. So we love Heather. And this voicemail is about five minutes long, maybe a little longer. It's very real. Mm -hmm. So yeah,
2: it was funny. By chance, we were both watching it come in. Yeah. Because she was leaving it on our Instagram. And you know, Christina was getting the notifications. And I just happened to be on Instagram. And they were popping up. And she's like, Heather is leaving us voicemail after voicemail. I'm like, I know. I'm watching as it happens. I'm so fascinated but then we both listen and we're like yeah this this so needs
0: to be heard and talked about
1: yeah so without further ado i guess this is heather okay so right now i'm gonna be a little late to the game sorry i am way behind on all of my podcasts um i am responding to chasing rock bottom that shit really hit for me like oh my god um whole episode, I was just kind of nodding my head and being like, what the fuck? Yourself? (laughs) This is Heather. This is Heather, (laughs) by the way. Um, I'm very sad that I have not listened to Orion's co-host, Heather's movie review, because I'm a Heather. Like, what the fuck? Um, But I'll get there. Um, So I have had a horrible year. Like... It's been the worst year I can recall. The worst maybe two years I can recall um, out of my entire life. Um, but this one's taking the cake in my adult life as a mom and a wife and a person who works 40 hours a week and a friend and just a person trying to survive. Um, it has taken a toll. I have reverted to coping mechanisms like my eating disorder um, and substance abuse, and I go to therapy every week. Um, I am doing my best, I think, with what I have, but, you know, sometimes it feels like you're not really doing your best, because I'm a perfectionist, so I have to, like, really be shitty on, like, the things I'm doing. So that's what I'm doing. Um, My kids are safe. They're healthy. They're schooling from home. They're mentally okay. They know they're loved. I have just had a really hard time with regulating my own emotions. Um, As a person who has CPTSD and um, trying to navigate trauma therapy and um, EMDR and all the stuff and just like trying to work and work and work and being sober and then not being sober and then being sober and then not being sober and purging and not purging like it's just a whole fucking ordeal um we're all human like whatever um lauren i really appreciate your honesty um christina i really appreciate your honesty um christina when you talked about your liver not adding up and they like medical checkoff that really hit me so i was like well what was christina drinking how much was christina drink- christina drinking at the time um because all of our livers are different whatever they act differently um and you can play this on air i really don't give a shit like i'm just talking to y'all as like vulnerable people because what are we if we're not vulnerable right I mean, I have only a handful of friends that I can just call and tell them all this bullshit. So, um, I think all really matters to me is that my kids are okay. And my kids are okay. Um, but the fine line of walking, chasing rock bottom was something that really spoke to me. Um, because I have not really thought of that in that sense. Um, you're like, uh, I'm bad, but I'm not that bad. Because if I was that bad, then someone certainly would intervene, right? Like, certainly. But the answer is no. They don't intervene. Like, you're just left your own devices to figure this shit out. And you're just, like, fucking optionless, you know? So you have to figure your shit out, you know? Through a therapist, through a close friend, through whatever means you can... to figure it out and i've done that before um but this past year has been filled with grief and trying to like figure out if my husband's going to be okay or not or if i'm going to be okay or not so it's been a big one uh the eating disorder has crept up a whole bunch the substance abuse has crept up a whole bunch yet somehow maintain a full-time position and go to work every day and my children are very well taken care of and get their school done every day and know that their mom loves them and can come to me with anything so I am a compartmentalization hero. Um, Compartmentalization is probably maybe a topic y'all could touch on. healthy, not healthy, healthy in a sense that it saves us from ourselves, right? Healthy in a sense that we couldn't survive otherwise, right? Like that's what I've learned through trauma therapy. So anyway, hi Lauren. I met you in Chicago. I miss you. I love you, Christina. You're great. I would love to meet you in person. Like I'd love for us to all just have a look a sleepover. Um you're great. I do listen. Bye. Oh
0: my God, Heather. I know. <laughs> when is the sleepover happening? You're right. <laughs> I have a lot of notes. I didn't take
2: any when I listened before because I knew we would be listening again. So I did just Same. now, but I have a lot. Yeah.
0: <laughs> first of all, Heather, I was really glad to hear from you, first of all, because like I don't know about you, Lauren, but I do notice when people kind of disappear. Yeah. Like, I do notice that stuff, and I'm prone to doing it myself. And so I always wonder in the back of my head, like, are they okay? And I've I've thought this about a lot of past guests, for instance.
2: Yeah, I've I've thought that too. Like, ones that – maybe ones that I didn't know that, like, you knew, but I started to get to know them by their name. And I'm like, we haven't heard from this person, and we used to a lot.
0: And that's the thing about the nature of our show is that the majority of the time, no one's having fun. Right. You know, like (laughs) – This is a very relatable voice message, I think. And Heather, I'm so sorry that you've been having such a difficult couple years. And again, like, I think I said this the last voicemail she sent, but I can hear the pain in her voice, just the exhaustion. Yeah, I'm sure the last one she left
2: us was probably sometime in the middle of whatever is all going on. I I know some, I don't know all
0: of it. The first thing that I want to touch on is reverting back to old coping mechanisms. Mm -hmm. Um, Because as I've talked about, that's kind of what I'm doing right now with my eating disorder. And so I could just fiercely relate to everything Heather was saying. And I laughed when she said, uh, because she's a perfectionist, she has to be the best at everything she does. And that includes essentially destroying yourself
2: Yeah. I wrote something about that, that comment too, about being a perfectionist though. I liked her way of putting it. That sounds, you know, like you're trying to do the right thing for yourself, but because you're a perfectionist, it's like, you're judging your own trying. Like, Am I really
0: trying hard enough? Could I be doing more? Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, this week I have been running around like crazy and I still feel like nothing I do has been enough. -hmm. At the end of the day, I'm still alone with these thoughts and these terrible feelings and these urges, no matter what I do. And that's terrifying.
2: Yeah. And instead of thinking that, you know, like maybe this is because I am dealing with something huge and it's really heavy and it's going to take more than a few days of trying to do the right thing to solve it, you just immediately turn to the thoughts like, I guess I'm not doing enough or else it'd be better. Yeah. It's like we're hard on ourselves.
0: We really are. And that doesn't go away with other people validating you. Yeah. um, it helps. Uh-huh. It helps
2: in the moment at least.
0: <laughs> I'm really proud of you, Heather, for sending that voicemail in and verbalizing all that and sh- and choosing to share it because that, I think is a really um, important step in helping yourself. And I'm glad that we could provide a space to to have this, these kinds of conversations.
2: Something else on what you were saying about like reverting to old behaviors. I know when she was talking about that, I was thinking like, it's the perfect definition of, you know, and I've heard this before, but it's hard to accept when people say that it's like, you adopted these behaviors to cope when you needed to, like they helped you.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> they helped you from something worse, probably. The problem is, is that can't be the way you cope forever.
0: And the thing that has me feeling hopeless in these kind of situations is that no matter how much work I do on getting rid of my toxic coping mechanisms, the problems don't go away. Like the world continues to be a terrible place to live most of the time. And so without the coping mechanisms, what is there? Like Heather was saying, she doesn't have a lot of friends she can call up. Yeah, totally familiar with that feeling. (laughs) Yeah, we both are. Uh Anyone can send us voicemails, by the way, if you feel like that. Like you need to talk to someone, but you Mm -hmm. don't have anyone. We live for that shit. Anyway. It's kind of like you're using these coping mechanisms in the background
2: and like how she was talking about, you just kind of like fake a good front because you can
0: (sighs) Yeah, well, basically what she was describing was high functioning, which exactly. is a term that we kind of detest. <laughs> yes.
2: <laughs> We've talked about it a few times.
0: Yeah. Heather, you're like us. It sounds like you push yourself and push yourself at the expense of your mental and physical health just to keep the ship running, you know? And it can't go on that way forever cuz as you know, it all crashes down eventually.
2: Yeah, like being high functioning when you feel like you're low functioning is so much more exhausting than just a person who is naturally functioning.
0: Yeah, I guess we should talk about the rock bottom of it all, because she did bring up some points of like comparing yourself to others.
2: Yeah, that was, I think,
0: probably out of the entire voicemail, the sentence that hit
2: me the hardest is when she was like, if I was really that bad, someone would intervene. Right. But they don't. I'm like, Oh my God. Yes.
0: (laughs) Ouch. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Um, that's, that's kind of where I'm at right now. Mm -hmm. And again, like it was really hard to talk about this on the rock bottom episode because we don't want to trigger anyone. And that's why on that episode, we specifically didn't mention like numbers or amounts or anything like that. And we still won't. So I'm glad that she mentioned this,
2: because I probably wouldn't have said anything otherwise, because I realized that it's my own shit and not you. Um, But full disclosure, and I'm sure you don't feel the same way. I (laughs) don't know
0: what you're about to say. It's fine. It's fine.
2: (laughs) It's just, it's just some things like when you were like, talking to me personally about, you know, like not doing so well. And you mentioned like a couple different people that had (sighs) kind of intervened. And Damn during <laughs> No, you didn't do anything. But it was just like I caught myself during that conversation thinking, like, wow, you know, no one's no one's ever noticed me like that. Nice that that someone in it would notice in her life, wish I had that. It wasn't like to you, it was more like to them. It was just mm-hmm. like, why why are there people that notice and I don't have them?
0: <laughs> yeah, so
2: uh you don't have to say any more than you want to I just it was it was something that that I wanted to say because originally I brushed that off being like oh just don't talk about your own neuroses
0: and no I was like, we need Wait, to talk that's about what we this. do yes that's we what need we to do. talk about this So sugar warning for discussions of eating disorders and weight um, I have had a few people reach out to me recently with concern because I've lost a lot of weight and, um, I because this is like, I don't know how to feel about it. I feel validated as shit. Obviously, this is what we talk about all the time. We wish people would do this for us. Mm -hmm. So when this is like the first time it's actually happened like this, to me, that's something I was wondering just now, because I
2: know, obviously, you've been through this before, and you've gotten to very low points before. And if nobody noticed, then do you kind of feel like, guys, maybe this is too little too late? A
0: little bit, yeah. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's really hard for me to see it because I guess I've been worse. Yeah. It's like, where were you then? (laughs) Yeah. And I guess it is a testament to the people in my life right now. Because in the past, yeah, it, I don't know, it's a very difficult thing for people to do to approach you like that. I think we need to give some grace to our our friends and family, because it's, it's in the past, if people had approached me like that, I would have pushed them away. Full disclosure. Yeah. So I understand why people want to respect your autonomy and respect, you know, your boundaries, I guess.
2: Yeah, like in our, at our worst points, for the most part, we were generally adults. So it's understandable that <laughs> people think like, I can't treat you like a 13 year old child than say, I'm going to fix you.
0: Yeah. But moral of the story, like a lot of us are emotionally 13 year old children and we want that intervention. And so when people treat us like the adults that we are, it it feels very, um, I don't know. It's disappointing almost.
2: Yeah. This made me think of a conversation Right before the first time that I went to treatment, which I think I've talked about, at least in physical terms, is absolutely the worst that I could ever point to that I've been this coworker, she was my supervisor, and no, nothing against her in general, because she was great. We got along so well. I mean, she was probably like 15 years older than me, but she saw herself as her Chicago as my Chicago mom, because she'd grown up there. And she, you know, like, Aww. yeah, so like, if she thought that I was like doing anything, like, I don't know if that's totally safe, then she would like worry and everything like that.
0: What would that look like? Like,
2: how would she worry? Oh, you know, just just like, because like I was usually single living there and I was on my own. So if I'd talk about like something that I was going to do and be like, I'm just going to walk there tonight. And she's like, you should call somebody before so that they know when you arrive, (laughs) you know, things like that. Oh, okay. I thought you meant like
0: specifically eating disorder related stuff. No,
2: because that's the thing is like that didn't come into play at all. Because I remember, yeah, like days before I was leaving for treatment, like I was counting down how many times I had to climb the stairs to get on the L train because that's what I was like measuring my life in. Um, Mm. And she did like sometimes to like let some celebrity gossip, you know, sometimes she would do that. And I knew like that was kind of her thing. So, you know, I just kind of like got a kick out of it. And, you know, she was talking about one apparently that was in the news. I have no idea who at this point for losing a lot of weight. And she said something, you know, like that person is clearly, you know, like sick. They've got a problem. You know, she's beyond thin. It does not look good. She's like, she's not, you know, like naturally thin like Lauren.
0: Oh, my God.
2: I was like, here I am physically dying in front of you. And she just thought like, it's normal. And it was so disappointing. But yeah, but it was just kind of like, I, I, I would imagine like, probably because she liked me, she didn't want something like that to be the case. So you kind of don't see it if you don't want
0: to. Yeah, exactly. We think that we're being obvious sometimes. Like, I have been really struggling with that this week. I feel like my family is just completely forgetting that I exist. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, I've been distancing myself from them a lot, as I've talked about. But, but when I do see them, I feel like it's so obvious how miserable I am. And, and I've literally like, texted people for support multiple times and like everyone's so busy that's the thing but my brain is telling me oh they just don't care they don't even Mm -hmm. think about you you need to get sicker so they'll notice so it won't be possible to ignore and again that's my 13 year old self talking exactly rational adults don't think that way question mark you're
2: right. <laughs> but as we've talked about, I mean for a lot of reasons, like parts of our brain haven't had the opportunity to necessarily like progress past, you know, like a teenager.
0: Yeah. It's a hard pill to swallow. And I don't know if we're going to be okay. That's the thing. Heather was was saying she doesn't know if her husband's going to be okay. She doesn't know if she's going to be okay. And none mm-hmm. of us do. All you can do is just practice being vulnerable with other people. Like you said, what are we if we're not vulnerable? It's, it's very uncomfortable, though. I'm uncomfortable right now. <laughs> what do you think, Lauren, if you're ready for a different topic yeah. of compartmentalization?
2: I feel like it sounded like, especially in the way that Heather was talking about it, that it is a valid survival mechanism, but it's not going to work forever.
0: Well, yeah, like with the food stuff, I guess I'll keep talking about that because that makes me the most uncomfortable and that's a sign I need to talk about it. (laughs) Um, I do compartmentalize that a lot. Um, I'm aware that it's happening. I'm aware that I'm not working on it as much as I should. And I'm aware that like it's bad, but I tuck it away and forget about it when it's convenient for me. Like at work, I... Don't think about it. When I'm doing activism stuff, I I don't think about it, and it's really nice to not think about it. Mm-hmm. It it does serve me in that way because sometimes I think if I I mean people with eating disorders, the eating disorder takes over your entire life, and yeah. it's very hard to think of anything else. And so any distraction from my distraction is nice. Um, so I guess I agree with Lauren that it can be a healthy way of like just getting through the shit.
2: Yeah. One thing that I feel like I did this with a lot, like in the past is when I played in the band. Cause I remember, you know, for like months of practice, then, I mean, I was at the point where, yeah, I would be doing like really bad with the eating disorder. And I really was falling into isolation, like not going out with anyone or anything like that. So it, there was just, you know, like, a long stretch where it felt like every time that time for practice would come around, you know, I'd just be like, God, I so don't want to go. And I wish I could come up with a way to cancel. But it's kind of like, the way I get myself to go is realizing what am I going to do, though, if I like have an excuse to cancel, I'm going to sit at home, and I'm going to consider to think about this stuff. And I'm just going to continue to be like, tortured by my own brain where my experience was I went to practice and I totally forgot about it and you know suddenly two hours are gone and it was just like oh my god I got this break and I got to just focus on music and doing stuff
0: with the guys
2: and yeah. being with people yeah and then it would be all over and it's like
0: and now we're back <laughs> compartmental compartment that word is so hard to say it is <laughs> but I think the more that you do it, the more difficult it gets, like eventually you're going to reach a point where it becomes impossible to compartmentalize. Yeah.
2: It's like you've you've got yourself into this situation where it's kind of like, I have this work life and it's fine, you know, or I have this band life and it's great, but I also have this private life and it's terrible. And it's just kind of like you're living all these separate lives, but eventually they're going to bleed into each other and you're going to,
0: (laughs) yeah. Exactly. Like I went to a friend's house last night for like a game night type thing. Mm -hmm. And I found myself body checking. Mm -hmm. And there. (laughs) And just thinking about all that stupid shit, while I was trying to be present with these people, but I was experiencing like physical hunger, I was experiencing like dysmorphia, and all this stuff it was impossible for me to compartmentalize. Yeah.
2: You reminded me as you were talking about that, like I have been in social situations thinking it's going to be fine. And because of the eating disorder, been in like a bad physical state or like the anxiety is creeping up or something like that. And it's like, I can feel it. Like I could, I, the memory of just like sitting in that situation and knowing those are creeping in and just being like, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop yeah. it.
0: <laughs> yeah, Like I, I'm, I'm literally trying to listen to the words that are being spoken right in front of me. And I'm thinking about like, my wrists or something like that. Like, it's so fucking dumb. But that story does have a happy ending. Oh, good. <laughs> we need those. Yeah. Um. I ate something there. And that kind of shut up the thoughts for a while, <laughs> at least. And lo and behold, it worked. (laughs) Well, yeah, like, but I'm not always able to do that. I'm trying to be better at it. Like, I couldn't keep compartmentalizing. I just had to face it. Yeah. Like I said, it was all going to collapse on you if you didn't. I don't know if that's helpful. I don't really know. I don't know, but it's hopeful. Yeah, it's hopeful. Like, there is hope for me. There's hope for you. There's hope for you, listener. (laughs) Yes. It's just really hard. Mm -hmm. It's really hard. We're right there with you Heather. Did you have anything else you wanted to discuss from her voicemail?
2: I don't know what all to say about this, but it just kind of like popped up and related to where we found each other. All I wrote down is where do we talk about this? Mm. I mean,
0: like the eating disorder stuff?
2: Yeah, like the 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 reality way that that we are trying to talk about it. I mean, obviously, mm. you know, there's here, (laughs) leave us messages and voicemails. (laughs) But other than that, that's what I was thinking. I'm like, I feel like I've had spaces like that before, and they're just gone. And I feel like the world is working to get rid of them too. And some of it, I feel like is because I've talked about this before, I feel like I was always gravitated to kind of neutral areas to talk about these things. I feel like the world has kind of like made it all it's good or it's bad. It's, you know, like, you are talking and putting in all of the work to, you know, recover from your mental illness, or else you are glorifying it. And it's a bad thing that should be shut down. Those are the only options. There's nothing in between.
0: And that's why it's so I don't want to talk about it on the podcast, because I know I'm not really working on it right now. And I'm ashamed of that. And I don't want to glorify it or draw more attention to
2: myself. But my guess would be that most people probably are somewhere in between. Totally. and That's Makes me wonder like how many people feel kind of like lost, like where's the spot for me?
0: Well, yeah, in real life, it's very difficult to talk about in recovery alone. But when you're actively in it, like you said, I haven't figured out a good way to do that yet. Mm -hmm. I really haven't. Um, I I try to share bits and pieces uh, with people. I'm pretty transparent with Brett when I'm struggling with eating or something, but you know, he doesn't think that way. And I'm glad he doesn't think that way. Yeah. But he's never going to understand.
2: Yeah, I would say that's the reason why I didn't, um, you know, th- one of the main reasons I didn't tell my parents a couple of times when I went through treatment and everything because they didn't want to hear about it unless they were hearing me say, like, I am so dedicated to fighting this and I'm doing everything I can to make it better and I can see improvement and I can detail it all out for you. And if I couldn't say that, if I could just say, like,
0: well, I'm here. I don't know what I think. <laughs> yeah. We are here. That's something. <laughs> I think like compartment oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Compartmentalization is also a tool that you can use if you don't have access to therapy, for instance, or other mm-hmm. sort of treatment. Like I'm in a position right now where I don't have health insurance. Like, and I'm still more privileged than a lot of people because I can afford to pay for an appointment out of pocket here and there or like whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's still like, it feels impossible to get help right now in that way for me. Yeah, It's I very overwhelming. That. And so, yeah, I just wanted to say if, if you listeners are in the same boat, like I feel your pain. Like there are resources out there. Yeah. It's just, I want someone to hold my hand through it. Yeah. <laughs> that would be sick. <laughs> I don't want to be an adult. <laughs> I felt that so much. I don't feel like an adult.
2: Oh, I never do. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. That's pickles and vodka, folks. Just two people pretending to be adults, <laughs> but really, we're just we're just teenagers inside. Yeah. Ah. <sighs> so yeah, next week I want to hear about your Christmas party. Okay. <laughs> we'll have more updates. If you have any thoughts about the stuff that Heather talked about, or if you have any other topics that you want to share with us, you know, you can always reach out. Yeah. If anything recently has just kind of sparked something in your brain, we would love to hear it. Yeah. um, I've been meeting a few people in real life that I've been telling about the podcast. And if that's why you're (laughs) here, then I'm really sorry if I just like invited you to be a guest on the podcast. (laughs) I feel like I make people uncomfortable (laughs) when I do that. I kind of felt like that too when I was asking people. I was like, "You should But pick the point is the point is everyone has a story and we would love to hear it and your voice matters." Yes. Lauren, how very well said. How mm-hmm. can they find us online? And otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I don't know why I said otherwise. It's all online. And otherwise. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> well, they can find us on Instagram at pickles and vodka podcast. Also, if you would like to hit up our individual Instagrams, we're Xtina Jumper and at Pico Suave, P-I-C-O-S-A-U-V-E, moving away from Instagram. If you would like to email us, you can email us at picklesandvodkapodcast at gmail.com. You'll also find us on Facebook, Pickles and Vodka, and Mental Health Podcast. And we have a YouTube at Pickles and Vodka
0: Podcast.
2: I try to switch it up a little every week now.
0: I love it. I would love to move away from Instagram personally.
2: I don't know. Out of that list, I feel like I prefer Instagram over any of them.
0: No, you're right. Instagram is great. Um, We have instructions on our Instagram for how to send in voicemails. If you're like us and you're confused by everything. Yes, especially me. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Yep. Stay safe. Stay as sane as you can. Yeah.
2: Bye. (laughs)
0: Bye. We're supposed to finish each other's.